what we want to what we decided and what we've been exploring is that the major component of Twila is independent <coughs> of the words you say. The 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 essence of Twila is not really well qualified how and not really the words, the content, it's the way that you experience the interaction. Uh, let me, before we go on to describing this, the, 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 there's a very famous Reb Chaim Briska that he asks a contradiction in the Rambam. On the one hand, the Rambam says that if you don't have Kavona, th- kavona throughout the entire Shemona Esra, if you don't have intention, you don't have focus, so you haven't fulfilled the 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 mitzvah of tefillah. It's one Rambam. Another Rambam says that the only time you have to have intention, you have to have understanding, is in the first bracha in Avos. So Reb Chaim asks, one second, what is it? And he answers by drawing a distinction between two different types of kavanas, two different types of mind frames that you have to have. The kavana that you have to have in the first bracha called Bechas Aves, the forefathers bracha, is that as you say the words, you have to understand them. And if you don't understand the words as you're saying them, so you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah of tefillah. And that's the way we paskin, that if you don't say the words of tefillah, if you don't understand the words as you say them in the first bracha, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of tefillah. However, in the rest of Shemones, right, even though you don't understand the words you're saying, you have still fulfilled your mitzvah of tefillah. That's one kavana. He says there's a second kavana, which is not limited to Bekas Avos, the first bracha, it extends throughout the entire Shmanesre, and that is, a person has to have awareness that he's standing in front of a Kosh Bochu. In, in other words, there is a consciousness of tefillah. The consciousness of tefillah is not that what I say, how I say it, but that I know I'm now standing in of Melech Malchem Hamlochem HaKosh Bochu. So the way we began to explore how a person creates that sense of connection through his movements and mind frames was that the first stage of Shmon Esrei is taking three steps back in order to take three steps forward in order to declare that the place you're about to occupy is holy, is Admas Kodesh and in this place you are in direct communion with the Shechina in other words, in front of you, whether you feel it or don't, that's what it is. That's where you are. You're in, you're in the place of the Shekhinah, and that's why that loch is. You can't stare frontwards with your eyes open, because it's inappropriate to stare into the Shekhinah. It's that loch. You have to close your eyes. So as you tap, take those three steps forward, the pace of those three steps is definitive of whether your tefillah will have that experience or not. If you take three steps forward quickly without thinking, so then you will not be entering into a state of connection with the Creator. If you take three steps forward by thinking as you take them forward, first step, I'm one step closer to connecting to my Creator and there's a sense of anticipation mixed with trepidation. The second step, you feel, is one step closer to being with your Borei the one that fashions, creates and recreates every second 
the entire world. And then the final step is you reach the destination. And as we said previously, you lock your legs. Your legs are your way you transport. It's a secret of movement. The way I progress from one pace to another, at this point in time, I do not move. I take my hands, which is my expression of how I impact the world, and I close them down, and I sit them, I place them right upon left, upon my heart, which is the core of my being. And I say the core of my being has now, instead of spreading out, it comes back to itself. That's the notion of putting my hands on my heart. Just as when a person bites his nails or sucks his fingers, that he wants to consume his actions, that's why it's a sense of a person who doesn't know what they do. They, they bite, their, they bite the, 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 ex- the furthest extent of their, their nails, their hands, because they're saying, I want to eat up my productivity in the world. I don't want to do it. Prosh it. Prosh it. Prosh it in the world of body language. That's what happens. Each, 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 lang- each movement you make has a meaning to it. Your hands are how you act in the world. They're an expression of your actions. When you take your hands and you put them in your mouth, you say, I want to eat up my actions. You consume yourself inside of yourself. That's why children, babies that are self-consumed, they suck their thumbs. Exactly why the thumb, yesh lodun, it depends which thing you suck as to what it means. Test it. Your skeptic look will be resolved. So what you do is you take, now again, so where are you? So you're landing. So your feet have now come to rest. They're no longer two feet but one foot. They can't move like a malach. Your hands have come to rest. They're centrally located along your heart. And now at this point in time, you have the quietude and serenity of self to experience your connection to your Creator. Jeremy. Why do malachim have one foot but they can't move? Why, why do they have any? any? <coughs> Great question. Why do Jews stand and pray and not sit with their legs, legs crocked? crossed. If the point is to annul our ability to move, surely it's a deeper, like in Eastern meditation, to cross your legs and say they don't move at all. We leave them that they could move any second. It's like the difference of sitting. When you sit on a chair, you're almost halfway in movement. When you sit cross-legged on the floor, you're deeply, you're deeply seated. We haven't answered all questions, and we can't answer all questions, as per Sapoznik's theory and discourse to you. Sapoznik. Um, I know that the, the really we should be getting to a level where we do take those steps that realization is being bestowed upon us. Um, what I'm having a little bit of a problem with is I tell myself that, okay, you're stepping into it. It's more of like a, you know, because we have to change our mindset. But what I find oh, I'm getting is, you're not really doing that. It's like, my Yitzhahara is like So you have to realize that one of the first steps in Avoida is you have to, di- you have to judge yourself favorably that one of the most basic components and ways that we <coughs> work with ourselves is we work with an, a deep, deep, deep inner emuna, faith, that intrinsically my entire being is pure. It's a declaration we make every morning. There are Sfarim which say that this is such a fundamental point that it almost embodies all of Judaism. Growth in Torah comes through a person's sense of being proactive and engaging in life. Engaging in life requires an attitude of simcha. Simcha comes from the experience of understanding the great riches I have inside of self. What happens if I think about myself badly? So my entire mood starts to subside and I start to feel downtrodden, passive and lethargic. If I want to reawaken my being, what I do is as follows. 
I look for a glimpse inside to myself so I can see my neshama. That glimpse is I look at something I've done which is good. One small point that I've done which is good. So I look and I say, you know, I may not have... I got up this morning. I got up this morning, whatever the reason, I actually got up. I was able to overcome the enemy of sleep. And that shows I have strength, I have gvura. And when you feel that good point, instead of just dismissing it, shine it, polish it. Until you say, I see that inside of me there is deep gvura. The more you believe in the deep gvura, the more the gvura comes out. The kirk evimuna makes things happen. If you believed deeply enough, Saposnik, that the sea would split as you walked across it, the sea would split. Emuna changes the reality around you. If you have a person that you believe in them wholeheartedly, you believe in Hendler, like I do, and I really do, Hendler will achieve. Your Emuna transforms not only yourself, it transforms those around you. So when you focus your eye on side of yourself and you have this deep Emuna of your Gvura, or you see a Maise Chesed that you did, at breakfast you decide to share your cereal with someone and you use it, you don't, don't let it go. Polish it. And you say, you see that you're Baal Chesed? And that tells me, that's like it's a little, you know, you don't see him the whole time. You see a glimpse here and a glimpse there. But those glimpses show you what's really going underneath the surface. What's really going underneath your surface is Kedusha. It's Tahara. It's Gvura. It's Chesed. Okay? Now what happens is, what happens is, so that, therefore, you know, you should know that you have a Koch inside of you which is so fundamental to yourself that you can connect our Kodesh through tefillah. It's, it's, it's more natural to you than anything else in the world. I bring you a ride from the Gemarim Bava Kama. The Gemarim Bava Kama, the way it uses to refer to man is a prayer. Mave. He's a person that prays. A prayer, prayer is something which is one of the most... David HaMelech, let's say, he reached the pinnacle. But he described himself by saying, Va'ani tefillah. That's my name. I am tefillah. The more a person realizes that he is Tvila, the more he understands that it's the most natural thing in the world. It's, it's who I am. It really, if I, de- if I dig deep enough inside myself, I understand that I am totally Tvila. But I need Tvila. Um, we can go deeper in terms of why Tvila is connected to the sense of smell. Tvila is a voida. Tvila is a service of Hashem. When Hashem responds, how does Hashem respond to Avoida? It says, he smells the pleasant fragrance. Why doesn't it say, he sees the beautiful acts, or he feels the soft texture? Why does it relate to the sense of smell? The sense of smell and filler are inextricably linked. The sense of, sense of smell is the sense we use to define between life and death in a way that no other sense will give us an indication of life or death. From the entire spectrum of live and dead, living and dead things. For example, if you want to see if someone, if something in the food, in the fridge is fresh or rancid, often you can't see by looking at it. You can't listen to it. All you have to do is put it to your nose and you'll know immediately. The smell is so sensitive. The smell picks up anything which is slightly going to the side of decay. That's why dead things have got the most, for the human nostril, have got the most disgusting smell. Meaning it's a human nostril. To a vulture, it smells delicious. But to a human being, to an Adam, to a Tzelem 
his sense of smell <coughs> is a craft to be mavchin ben chaim lemavis. The ability to distinguish between life and death. A pleasant smell means it's embodied with life. An unpleasant smell means it's saturated with death. Tefillah is the fragrance that a person emits when he davens. He smells good. In other words, he's alive. Because Tefillah is your essence, so when you miss Palel, that's when Kiviyochel, you smell good to Akash Bochu. He smells you're alive. He smells you're alive. No Tefillah? Dead. The Mashiach, who is the embodiment of Malchus, as far as say, will paskin, he'll decide halachic decisions with his nose. Just like, it's, even, it's amazing how these notions actually infiltrate into, into our common speech. People, when you, want to, when you want to say something isn't right, but you can't use your senses and empirical investigation to describe it, you say, I don't know, just something smells not right over here. Because we have an intuitive awareness that that's what smell is all about. Smell is an ability which is a super, inexplic- uh, inexplicable, intuitive understanding that this is not right. It just smells wrong. Something yeah. smells fishy. So the smell is the ability to see is already there. Akash is... It's interesting, that's why... It's a separate discussion of why Yericho, which was a point where Klaiso entered into the land of Israel, Yericho is, is Milosh and Reach. It's from smell. It's a sense of smell. And Yerushalayim is another part. Yerushalayim is called the mouth. So, so Yericho, where the Jews entered, is called the nose of, 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 of Israel. And the Yerushalayim is called the mouth. <coughs> well, that's a whole separate discussion about Yericho and why the Jews entered into them. The, the other interesting thing about the smell, not only is it life, but your nose is the limb you, you use to breathe with the breath of life. When the Kosh breathed into us the breath of life, it wasn't through our mouth, it was through our nostrils. Because the nostrils represent the intake of the life force. Tefillah is Rech, that's a Mordechai that saved the Jewish people through his intercessing, his, his, his intervening with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mordechai is called Mar Dror, which is one of the fragrant spices in the incense. And he's called Mordechai Ben Yemini Ben Kish. Because the, the Gemara says he knocked on the doors of Shemaim to free the Jews. Kish is the Hakish, it means to knock. And he was called Mardor because Mordechai is Bechinas Atfilah. He's an aspect of prayer, which of course makes him related to smell. And if you're alive, then that gives you the right to go and intercede on the Jewish people's behalf. Of course, of course, of course. The way we, the way we, the way the Mashiach will rule is through Tfilah. The way Mashiach will rule is through Zerach. Okay, so Tfilah is, is possibly the deepest thing that we can connect to. Um, a boy side. Why is everyone falling asleep? Oh, yeah. Is it not right? Are you on the other side? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is interesting. For me, for me like, let's, 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 let's like, make a bit of a, a break here. Yeah? Let's stop and think. Like, clearly, this is speaking to you. This is speaking to you. This is not speaking to you. This is half speaking to you. This is totally speaking to you. This is more than speaking to you. This is, I have no idea. Because I can never tell poker face. This is putting you to sleep and that's putting you to sleep. Why? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, this is not no, an accusation. No, 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 no. Sorry, I missed your head. Huh? This is half putting you to sleep. Why is this half putting you to sleep? I would I prefer to say it's half keeping me awake. 
Yeah. Half class. We learn in Gomorrah that if you say one thing, it means the other as well. This is actually this is my accusation for me as as you remember when we discussed our model of teaching. See, the, the, this is not the point, right? When we discussed our model of teaching, I said the vote is not that I say stuff. Overnight, I've just related information which you can play around with and, and do a lot of stuff with. Yeah. But the, the ultimate thing is that if half the class is sitting there completely unengaged, so it means that, that this is not working. The class is not working. Do you understand? The class doesn't work when I say stuff. The class works when we have this dynamic together. The dynamic in this class is, is chetzi chetzi right now. And I want it to be mole mole. So now, the shadi is gay. This type of Torah doesn't speak to you. Why not? But I'm interested to know. So in other words, if I can rephrase what you're saying, that when you speak about Torah, which, which, which you can't grasp onto, which you can't, it's, it's all nice ideas, but it's in the luft. So it feels so irrelevant that it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hold you. So, so, so let me let, let's explore this. But it, it, it's, it's very hard. I mean, yeah, hard to grasp sort of esoteric. It's hard to grasp, but think about this, right? I don't think that you're on a higher level than Sapoznik. I mean, quite frankly, I think the opposite. Joking, Mikey. But <laughs> but the the point is, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's a level thing. I think it's something else, Rafi. Sorry? No, because you focus on things. You don't have a problem focusing on Spider-Man. Could because the topics change slightly. Could be that this type of toe doesn't do it for you. You mean like when it's when it's new when it's new and fresh, interesting, but then the interest dies down very quickly. No, I think it also may have something to do with that specific topic. Um, the uh, type of expression. Wouldn't it be a question to say like, how was the Shmonash right yesterday? Was a good, um, a good indicator? Yeah. How was Shmonash right yesterday? I'm not just saying it was the best Shmonash I've ever had. I'm not just saying. Like it was no, I'm not, I, I seriously finished Monastery when everybody was were, they were done with uh, Elena because uh, yeah, I mean it's no, I mean it's they're they're hard like lofty things to grasp, but I mean if you just take like one thing like what he just said with uh, finding something that's positive inside of you and then like shining it. I mean, if you go into that mindset right as you're about to daven Shimon Asrei, <coughs> it's going to uh, it's going to change your Shimon Asrei that much more. And then once that's ingrained in you, then you build up and you start, you know, step by step. So. Nothing to you. I was just going to say, I think that 
it does have frozen adopting to the new room in terms of noise from the street, so I'm, I'm really fine. You basically, you, you, you're an Ines. Ines Shana. Rafi. Feldman, <coughs> new. No, 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 I, I just, it's, I, I'm, I'm sort of with Gavin here, it's, it's like, they're cool ideas, but, so what? What, what, what am I going to take away from that to help my dominance fit? Like yesterday, like you gave us a lot of practical suggestions in like, how to improve your davening right now. Now you're talking about what davening is, yesterday you were talking about how to improve davening. And so, the practical suggestions I can take and incorporate, what davening is, Okay, great. That's what davening is. So, okay, good. Uh, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. First thing being that uh, I just have a short attention span for people who just do like really lecture. I'm uh, thinking about what I do. I mean, like, I mean, no offense. It's just like anybody who just lectures in front of me, I just have trouble paying attention. Um, and the other part is this, I don't know, it's, it's, it's too she won't answer too it. What? Too many. Too in the air. Oh, what I'm saying. Or you just don't know what I'm saying because you're already in focus. <laughs> so you don't even <laughs> no, have a day. No, 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 I, I, I was focusing in and out. I was focusing in and out. And, uh, I don't know, I was just, uh, when it comes to Shimon so I should, I should take, I should take, Mark, I should take a different approach as you say. Shimon Esri! Tell me now! <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really tune out. <laughs> 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 yeah, question. You you talk you talk a lot of kids in your time here. Why do you why do you think some people are like latching on to your word every 